Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. in their own minds, they had a real clear idea of what Jesus was getting ready to do. And so they were excited and they were welcoming their king. Sadly, that didn't last very long because you see, Jesus didn't do what the people thought he was going to do. Jesus, well, I mean, yeah, we can, we can nudge him to one side. You know, we can try to impose our will on Jesus, but it doesn't work. The Jewish people had many expectations of the coming Messiah. They expected him to be a great conquering savior to set them free from Rome. However, as Pastor Robert teaches today, Jesus was nothing like their flawed expectations. He came instead to die and save men from their sins, a far bigger enemy than Rome. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, as he begins his message, Palm Sunday. Now, open your Bibles, if you would, please, to Matthew, chapter 26, because we're going to continue our studies there today. And the reason that it, that, that it became known as Palm Sunday. There's the only reason that that tradition formed. You know, Jericho was known as the city of palms. And as Jesus departed Jericho and made his way toward Jerusalem, the people gathered palm branches because they just knew what Jesus was about to do. They had in their own minds, they had a real clear idea of what Jesus was getting ready to do. And so they were excited, and they were welcoming their king. Sadly, that didn't last very long. Because, you see, Jesus didn't do what the people thought he was going to do. Jesus, well, I mean, yeah, we can, we can nudge him to one side. You know, we can try to impose our will on Jesus, but it doesn't work. It just, it won't work. Because he loves us too much to, to do things our way. Now, I have to qualify that a little bit, because Romans chapter 1 talks about the fact that when he actually does get out of the way and just kind of give you over to your own decisions and your own choices, that's actually his wrath. That's not his love. It's his wrath. That's when he has finally reached the conclusion that you are determined not to submit. You're determined not to be redeemed. And he just says, okay, if you insist, do it your way. And, and then you suffer the consequences of that. These people, see, they just knew. They knew what Jesus was, was going to do. They wanted him to, to come in as their king and, and throw out King Herod and Pontius Pilate, the Roman soldiers, the tax collectors. And see, when he didn't do that like they had thought he was going to do, well, they turned on him. 
when he did not submit to their agenda, they turned on him. And that's human nature. We tend to do that. But Jesus, as I said, he came to fulfill the agenda which had been set by his father, not the agenda that was set by the people. God's agenda is always better than yours. Just listen, if you, it's the smart thing to do, right? I don't know if this makes sense or not. I hope it does. But you know, when you realize that you're not the smartest person in the room, the wisest thing to do is listen to the one who is the smartest person in the room, you know? And that, it's that way with God. God's agenda is better than ours. So it's always the wisest decision to bow before him in trust and submission to his plan. We've actually been, in our study of the Gospel of Matthew, we've been considering together the week between Palm Sunday and, and the crucifixion, between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. So, you know, I mean, this was the final week of Christ's earthly ministry before he was crucified. So we're, we're going to um, continue in that today. We're, we're going to read the last half of Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to look at a couple of things. Matthew 26, verses 36 through 56, it says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Now, Every time we go to Israel, this is one of my favorite places to visit because we always set aside some time to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of the Olive Press. Gethsemane, it's one of those places that, you know, the guides will always tell you. Certain places they say, they, you know, we think this is... With Gethsemane, there's no question because Gethsemane has consistently been Gethsemane for thousands of years. So there's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt that this is the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus regularly drew aside to pray because it's just across the valley from the old city of Jerusalem, just across the valley from the Temple Mount. And, you know, it's there on Mount Olivet, the Mount of Olives. And I just love going there. We always have a devotion. We always have a time of prayer. So they came with him to the place called Gethsemane. And, and he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, in other words. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners." Rise and let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, whomever I kiss, he's the one. Seize him. 
Immediately, he went up to Jesus and said, greetings, rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, friend, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think I cannot now pray to my father and he'll provide with more than 12 legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled? That it must happen thus. In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Now, in this first section, I just, I want you to take a minute and try to, try to think about, try to see what Jesus was experiencing as a man, a man who knew his own future. He knew what was going to happen, right? Try to put yourself in his shoes. Think about what Matthew communicates to us here. You know, Jesus knew that Judas and the soldiers were coming. He knew he was about to be betrayed. He was going to be humiliated and beaten and ridiculed by people who had no idea what power he possessed. And then he was going to allow himself to be tortured to death on a cross. And Jesus, he took his disciples with him, and then he separated out the three who were closest, Peter, James, and John. And And he pleaded with them to pray for one hour, just one hour. And he was clearly distressed, clearly distressed by the fact that they kept falling asleep. I mean, I was thinking about that, how how awful it would be, you know, to you take the three people that that are closest to you and you and you draw us and you know what's about to happen, you know what's about to go down, and you say, guys, just listen, I need to, I am really, really shaken up. I I am, my soul is afflicted beyond measure. That's literally what he said. My soul, I'm dying here inside. Will you just, please, just pray with me for an hour. We're so glad you tuned in today for Pastor Robert's message in the book of Matthew. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or learn more about Main Thing Radio, visit our website at mainthingradio.com. Before our time with you is through for the day, we'd like to take a moment and ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. Would you commit to praying for us each time you tune in? As we continue to produce programs to spread the good news of the gospel, We know the enemy won't be happy. We'd appreciate your prayers for protection and guidance in all we do. Would you also pray for your fellow listeners too, that each one would allow Jesus to speak truth into their heart? We have one more way you can support us in what we're doing here at Main Thing Radio, and David's here with the details. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, a place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that Main Thing Radio is missionary work? It is. We need your support to continue to share God's word over the airwaves. Please 
prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. For more information, visit MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks, David, and thank you for joining us today to study Matthew. Join us next time for more right here on Main Thing Radio.